revolution from your bed. Welcome back. Are we prisoners of our own illness? And if we're lucky enough to be healthy in this chronic ill world, are we our prisoners of our own convictions? I wanted to discuss this topic today. I've been writing recently a chapter in my book engaging totally in this sense of freedom in chronic illness because in a lot of cases people with chronic illness are not considered to be physically disabled and I'm not going to go into the entire definitions of uh, disability because in my belief it's also a great matter of mindset but I've seen a lot of cases in which people who are physically still able to perform daily tasks and most social securities, social insurances organization in the world will probably use ADL or LDL kind of parameters. Those are parameters who actually measure the ability of an individual with an illness to perform daily tasks like showering by itself, cook for itself, conduct shopping for groceries and so on. But I'm not talking about this group of people and I've been there I've been totally disabled with almost this entire table of ADL and LDL completely filled to the top of being unable to perform unable to shower by myself unable to shop to myself barely able to to leave bed but I see a lot of patients that basically are still even able to work fully and they have chronic illness let's give it a, a tangible example people with a type of diabetes in a balanced, controlled manner of their illness and of course they need to be under supervision and to take medications and so on but they're basically in a position in which they could go to school, go to university, work and so on and I've seen a lot of people who have this physical ability to do something but not the mental ability to do something. On the other hand I've seen a lot of people that on paper, they're totally disabled. They're 100% with uh, loss of working capability. But nevertheless, even though they're completely in an agony stage of their illness and they're unable to perform some or all daily tests, they're managing to perform so much and to revolutionize their life and do so much for themselves and even for others. And I'm asking myself, are we as chronic illness patients prisoners of our own illness and when is the time to say goodbye i've been exploring this topic uh, quite deeply recently while researching for my book and i think this topic of a farewell from illness is one of the most interesting topics in medical psychology and in the way that patients are actually not only dealing with their daily illness but with their prospects or with the idea eventually one day will come and they will be no longer sick and will go back to life and i think that for me that i've made as kind of a conscience act to divide the stages of my illness and see even though it's a chronic illness not to look at it as a chronic illness but look at phases was really beneficial for me for me as you heard before many times there was this conditioning stage reconditioning stage rehabilitation stage i was 
very much involved actively with defining every milestone, health milestone that I've reached into a new stage of my health journey. And I didn't call it sickness or illness journey, I call it health journey. And first of all, the first course task or, or goal was to diagnose myself, of course. And those of you who are undiagnosed out there, I totally understand your diligence in this sense that what's really matters is to get a diagnosis, not only because it matters to know what, what to deal with, but also in terms of authorities and doctors and uh, social support and so on. This is a crucial part. But what happens if you are not diagnosed? And this is very much related to what I'm talking about today because there are illnesses like POTS, like mine illness, POTS syndrome, that average time for diagnosis is around six years. So in those six years, are we just sitting and waiting to be diagnosed or are we trying to empower our body and go back to life? And I think that because of these definitions that are created in our world for sickness and for health, we are basically kind of missing the point of true healing. And we are kind of fostering and nurturing this idea of this prison of illness, this imprisonment that many patients will experience. Many patients will basically find themselves and their own health and their own ability and this ability, I'm talking about self-definition for now, by what other people see in them. But what happens when we combine these two toxic, pungent mixes of social judgment, personal judgment, and deserving this service that the illness gives most of us? That the way that illness serves patients is so dramatic and affecting the life of the patient in ways that actually the attention that will be received back from loved ones, from society, from the medical institutions, combined with the personality, the own personality of the patient, will be a great determinant in my, in my idea of how the patient will deal with his or her illness. And the heroic stories of coping that we hear mainly, mainly reach the, the headlines are those who are kind of very successful in their life and then something happened, a tragic accident or some sort of acute illness like cancer. And then the way they deal with this illness usually caused them to undergo through this miraculous experience of self-revelation and self-development and self-empowerment and then you start to appreciate life again, of course, because, oh my God, you missed life, you missed out on life, and you didn't appreciate your loved one, your life, yourself, everything that we already discussed and know, right? And what happens is that those people will probably make dramatic changes to their life, especially let's talk about cancer survivors because it's such a dramatic illness with such a harsh course of actions that Today, of course, the survivability rates are getting higher and higher. So when you're surviving cancer, you're a cancer survivor. You get this social accommodation that you survived something terrible, this ordeal. And now you're kind of 
hoping to stay in remission, to kind of be disease-free, illness-free. And it's your choice how to maintain your life. Many people undergo dramatic changes. Also with other acute illnesses, which of course can be chronic-related, like heart disease. So if somebody gets a heart attack, a lot of times, if it's in an active, still younger ages, many people kind of change their diet and change their life because, yeah, I got a reminder. I hit this rock bottom and I, I got a very swift reminder of what is on stake, what is in stake here. And what's at stake? It's, it's not only our health, it's, it's everything we considered as worth living for. But in chronic illness, what happens in many cases, whether if you're diagnosed or not, you know, if you're lying in bed for five years and you don't have a diagnosis, you're probably chronically ill. Even if medicine cannot define it, even if your chronic illness is a mental illness, so uh, completely similar, like body, mind, it's all the same for me, and diseases of the brain or diseases of the liver, for me, it's the same. It's still chronic illness that requires a tremendous amount of efforts to, to get out of. But those patients are looking, in many cases, very differently at life. Because it's not a one dramatic event that changed the course of life, and because it's basically just ups and downs, and mainly downs, and a lot of letdowns from medical establishment, from family members, from friends, from loved ones, from society, when we are combining these two very pungent mixes of self-esteem and self-awareness and, and the judgment outside, we are kind of prone to get to a phase in which we are prisoners of our own illness. And we are being controlled by our own illness. And I see it quite often with fellow patients that other patients in a lot of cases are completely letting the illness define them, which is okay to have the illness as part of your identity. I'm not talking about concealing. For me, it was a tremendous cost to conceal my illness, to lie about it in the beginning, in the first years after it, that I just didn't want to deal with how people would look at me as the sick person. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that it's okay that an illness is part of your identity. It's okay that something that really occupies a lot of your efforts in life and time is something that you will take into account every day of your life. But if you kind of emphasize everything that you have on the illness, you're given it strength. And, you know, one of the people I admire the most, Sir Anthony DeMalo, he said that everything that you basically insist on maintaining or perpetuating, you give power to. You're basically making this little fly, this huge monster. And I'm not talking about the physical aspects of illness for a second. I'm talking about the way our mind works when regarding to chronic illness. And I'm very much against concealing and I'm very much against ignoring. I'm not saying you should ignore your illness. And I've heard cases. I have somebody I know in Israel that he had diabetes and he says, no, I don't have anything. I'm strong. Everything will be okay. And eventually he got to a hospital, collapsed from a ketoacidosis. This is not what I'm talking about. But I do talk about a healthy state of mind that will eventually help lead to a healthy state of body. And many patients make this mistake of letting illness define them and letting illness be their warden, be their kind of guard. 
a bitter prison because if every time you will use your illness as a shield, as a defense, everybody around you try to get on with your life and involve you in things that you may or may not want or, or can do, every time you are asked to do something that pose some sort of threat on you, the illness will serve as shield, you will never get out of this state of mind. And when I'm talking about this chronic illness serves as prison, I'm also talking about when it's time basically to say goodbye and the power of goodbye, the power of saying our farewell to the illness that served us. I think that this could be an actual ritual and a ritual that can actually really help us get on with our life, give us closure. And yes, if it's a chronic illness, it's, it's probably still going to be there. I'm not talking for a second about complete and miraculous healing. I know there are a lot of very interesting cases about people that made completely alternative approaches and changed their mindset and, and got completely healthy. And I cannot say anything against this because I myself use mindfulness tools to reach where I am, even though that on paper I'm 100% disabled. And I'm not talking for a second about replacing medical device. But if I were to completely ignore my illness would I be negligent maybe it really depends on what you have like I'm not talking about yeah stop taking a medication but I do take talking about having some sort of ritual that will help you move to the next phase if you look at your illness as the controlling force of your life or the limiting force of your life you know it's like having a laptop with a very small hard disk no matter what you do, the hard disk is still going to be there unless you can upgrade it. So it's either you kind of go deep inside the system, clean it up and allocate spaces in a different way, back up what needs to be back up to the cloud or to a disk. You know, some things in life are very important. It's like hurting versus reminiscing. Some things in this hard disk I call illness are very important to take with you. Some gifts of growth. And the big thank you, this gratitude you should be having for your illness to, for this fact that it teaches you many, many lessons. But if we're looking at this illness as a vessel, as this hardest, and we let this size of hardest to limit us, and you tell yourself, there's nothing I can do, I only have this 188 gigabytes. That no matter what I do, it's always going to be 188 gigabytes. So you'll never move on. But if you think for a second, yeah, I can delete few parts. Some parts will, will always be there, you know? Your operating system cannot be deleted, right? So if I look at the operating system as the chronic illness for a second, and this operating system is the basic bodily function that needs to be nourished. So nutrition, sleep, mindfulness, Activity. And for some people, yes, the, the medication and medical treatment that must be taken, maybe one day it will change. This is not what I'm talking about at this time. But if this is the operating system that we're talking about, what are the rest? What is occupying the rest of the space? Are we talking about fear? Are we talking about fear of loss? Are we talking about being naked and exposed to the world if we kind of letting go of this vessel that helped contain us 
because that's what it does. It helps contain us. It imprisons us. It limits us. If we look at the basic necessities and keep them, back up only what you need. And when I'm talking about backup, saying, okay, I'm going to do some sort of ritual with myself to reminisce every year I had with this illness and write this table on a piece of paper or on a computer. Kind of pros and cons, but what did I take from this illness? What is serving me and what is not serving me? I'm going to have it in my book, by the way. I'm going to have a complete guide there that, that is going to talk completely about that. But this little exercise is super simple. How does this illness serve me? What can I take with me from it? What am I willing to say goodbye to? And am I ready to move on? And you will see that many of these occupants of space are completely space holders that are there in your mind in order to protect you. Because yes, you've been bullied as a patient by your doctors, by maybe your society, maybe even family members and friends. So for some of us, illness serves as a guardian from this huge, dark monster. It became kind of a friend. It became kind of unwilling partner. You know, sometimes you need to partner up with people you don't like so much. And with this illness, it became our guardian. It became our kind of, you know, backup plan all the time. Every time we want to escape our fears, not deal with something, we always have our illness to go back to, fall back onto, right? So if we're looking at our vessel again, and we are doing this little exercise, and we're thinking with ourselves, what am I keeping and what am I letting go? I think that most of you will find that eventually there is very little you need to keep. And if you manage to do this transcendence, this switch in your head, this really flip of this change of mind, mindset reset that I'm not sick anymore, I do have other health needs. I do have a chronic illness. I do have other health needs so if one person needs seven hours of sleep at night and one person eight so i need this and this hours of sleep and i also need to take medication and i also need to avoid some things or whatever your doctor is telling you to do i'm not talking about defying them but we're talking about the basic need that we have and the way we look at ourselves is not as a sick person but as a complete individual that has needs like other people has and has some sort of limitation maybe, I think that you will find that you can do anything. Again, I'm not talking about chanting and putting people out of wheelchairs here. I'm talking about completely change of thought that I've seen helping so many people to start coping and dealing with their chronic illness and start giving them different perspectives over their lives. For me, this hitting of rock bottom that I felt that I had, that I totally understood that nothing is not, nothing is going to be changed in my life. And I lost so many years, so much already, and I missed school and I missed so many things. And I've decided in this moment that I have to change my mind and my mindset, that I cannot look at myself as person anymore and I can look at myself as a person that has hopes and dreams and is complete only then I could embark on this new road 
only then I could really start to work. You know, for some people is losing weight, for some people is getting in shape. Of course, you're going to have probably harder time, and of course, following your doctor's recommendations and orders. But still, I've seen people getting out of wheelchairs. I've seen people going back to work. I've seen people stopping medications because they reached a healthy stage. I'm a living proof that what I'm talking about can be real and true. I'm talking about the fact that if we treat our illness as a container, no matter what we do, we can only fill this container and we can never escape it. If we look at it as a one-way prison that we went in and we can never get out, I think that we're going to be finding our life through our limitations. But if we look at ourselves as a complete and whole person who may or may not have special health considerations, and if we look at the number, most people in the world will have some sort of chronic illness throughout their life. So why not, instead of talking illness, let's talk health. Let's really take this body and look at it as a shrine of health and nourish it and love it and be grateful for it and look at it from the functional medicine approach and not from the chronic medicine approach that we can optimize our performance and optimize what our body can do to heal itself and we can help our doctors treat us if we are providing first of all physically everything in our power to help it through nutrition sleep hygiene mental hygiene mindfulness movement healthy activities healthy mindset and then we can start dreaming ahead and think what do we want what what are our goals in life how can we achieve them and when you combine this mindset with an actual framework with an actual roadmap of healing which we're going to talk a lot about here and also in the patient school podcast and other channels i really think that we have a really good chance to look at life differently and experience life differently look at me i'm a living example of it that basically everything is possible if we put our mind to it don't we want to say goodbye to our warden and step out freedom because when you look from the outside no one has these bars and lock and key around them it's only what we imagine it to be i'll see you the next time